0: Welcome to Encore Nutrition, two P's in a podcast, a show that simplifies the overwhelming world of health and nutrition with evidence based science.
1: We're Elise and Lauren, your accredited practicing dietitians, empowering you with the knowledge and strategies to make real change today.
2: And I'm Drew, here to make sure all your important questions are answered.
0: Good science versus bad science. How never to be tricked by clickbait again.
2: So in a lot of these episodes, I get the privilege of asking these two dietitians all of my silly questions under the guise of recording a podcast with them, which is uh, my secret in why we've got this thing all started in the first place. And what I've always struggled with is the internet is full of so much information, right? And it's really great when you're trying to prove a mate wrong at a pub. You go, let me Google that for a moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't never read the article, first hit, it says it right here, excerpt, I'm right, you're wrong. But when it comes to food nutrition, it's so complicated because technically, most things are kind of right and kind of wrong, depending on how you look at them. And um, I am uh, blessed to have many medical people in my life. So I get to show them all of my uh, Googled research and they tell me why it's wrong. Uh, (laughs) So I thought it'd be great to um, to pass this on to our listeners. And uh, this show is all about how to decipher and look for the truth in everything that you read on the internet and know when the alarm bell should be going off.
0: Yeah, so important.
2: So important. Now let's quickly check in with Elise and Lauren because I bet many of your clients walk in the front door, they kick the door down with a smartphone waving in your faces with, look, I found this thing, I'm ready. You know, let's do this. What do you think about this? So how do the two of you handle such things? It happens all the
1: time.
0: Yeah, and part of our kind of administrative process is to explore what an individual's, um, I guess, preconceived ideas are and goals are for the session. And often it will come out really strong and loud what what they hope to achieve um, and perhaps some of those underlying biases perhaps. Yeah, we often wanna know what's behind that goal.
1: So what's really driving it? Because as we know, if we've got a preconceived bias, whatever we want to find online, we can find something to support that.
2: So, so then how do you handle that? Because I guess uh, you could look at the side as well. You could say, well, you know, I'm a dietitian. Therefore, I know best. Therefore, whatever I've researched is also best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and the most important thing as health professionals in our business is that we meet people where they are. Right. Because if we preach the opposite argument, no one's going to listen and it's really important that we give the information and knowledge and allow someone to establish their own truth but also make an informed decision for themselves.
1: And we can try and help to support them to do that in a safe and structured way.
2: And what do you find the most common things are when, when people come in with what they feel is a really strong food story mm. via an article? What are they missing? What are they not considering? Because I'll give you my, when I hear the two of you talk about things, I'm often not considering the other things that that is connected to. So I do this, but now I don't get that as a result, which is all kind of counterproductive a little bit. So
0: Yeah. And often it won't necessarily be coming in with an article or an iPhone or a a... a Really defined thing. It's more their uh, their own judgments of themselves come through in the assessment. Oh, so mindset,
2: right? Yeah, it'll be yeah.
0: things like, oh, and I had oh, I had toast for lunch, but you know it was one off, and you know I'd never normally do that. Yeah, and don't normally eat bread. And we'll often go, why? Why right. not? Right. So a lot of it is about curiosity and just questioning why a lot and drawing out some of those reasons that they have. Those um, preconceived particular ideas. Particular
2: ideas. So, from what you're saying, it's often that they are apologizing for doing something what they believe is universally bad, or like they, bre- bread or, you or know, they, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah.
1: They may think that we have a particular opinion mm-hmm. or bias on something. Don't judge so, me. I did. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, when they, they say, oh, I, I had bread for lunch, I know I shouldn't do that. They think that we are going to tell them, you can't eat bread. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, we probably both <laughs> we had, had bread for, for lunch, lunch too.
1: <laughs>
2: Okay, so it's almost like there's, um, you know, people have this spectrum of what they feel is healthy Mm. according to the popular consciousness at the moment. Yes, exactly. And and low-carbohydrate diets are all in many, many forms are all the rage at the moment. Yeah, and look, that's
0: one example, but it could be anything. It could be ham, it could be Mm. alcohol, it could be chocolate. We get it a lot,
1: particularly working in oncology. So patients will come in and see us and say, oh, look, I know sugar feeds cancer and I've already cut out all sugar. Sure. And... (laughs) We're often uh, we often delve then into the science and explain to them where some of those n- myths and ideals have come from rather than necessarily putting them down for those practices that they've implemented.
2: Yeah, and what I my uh, speech both of you on this podcast particularly, um, I find that you're using language like the studies are currently saying. Mm. As far as we can see, it's leading here. And that Mm. language is really important because so many populations of studies lead somewhere that hit a brick wall. Mm. Like, you know, that didn't ever worked out. So how do you find that? there's so much emerging science at both your fingertips now as well. You've got your own access to empirical research. How do you kind of calm your own excitement about potential treatments coming through?
1: And that can be really, really challenging, particularly when patients have their own ideas about practices that they want to pursue who are we to tell them that they shouldn't do it? Mm. Because in 10 years' time, we might find that those practices are now the standard of care. So again, it's about explaining that yeah. at present, the literature does not substantiate those practices. For instance, sugar feeds cancer. But again, we, we, we never know, we don't know. We don't know what the future will hold.
0: Science is currently cons- consistently, sorry, evolving and one thing that we find really useful, particularly with emerging science, is actually using some of our, uh, the tools that we were equipped with throughout our studies and continue to practice these days in assessing the quality of scientific literature.
2: So, let's uh, run through a few of those. So, what are you looking for when you're you know, upgrading your own knowledge as practitioners? What validates a great study for you to dig your teeth into?
0: I guess first and foremost, there's a lot to be said for actually the journal that a scientific study has been published in because certain journals will be peer reviewed, uh, they'll have higher quality rating um, and more rigorous review processes. So, to get published, it is harder and more challenging. But that also needs more quality control for that research.
2: So for those at home, peer review is all of your best colleagues get to throw rocks at your research, right? Yeah. No,
0: it's not. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs>
0: Pretty much, yeah. So that's one thing. But when we look at the actual study itself, there's lots of little things that we look at, and there's some really validated uh, or, or well defined tools that actually guide us through different aspects of a study mm-hmm. to help us define
1: its quality and each of the different studies have their own strengths and weaknesses and it does depend on what you're looking for
2: okay so let's uh let's let's jump in what are we looking for so what's the first pass when something comes across your inbox you know a new journal article Mm. says you know that the latest cancer treatment is you know based on whatever what are you looking for to get to even open it what are you looking for to get involved
0: well, first up, there's a bit of a hierarchy when it comes to study design and the type of study. So there's what we'd consider as filtered information or the kind of tip of the iceberg, the, the best of the best would be a systematic review of randomised control trials. So that's where they've taken all of the smaller or even big studies that exist, and they've condensed all of that information to come up with a conclusion.
2: So they're actually cross-referencing. Yeah, you know, these a big we, summary, yeah. really, right, okay. of a
0: particular topic.
2: Right, so back in my uni days, that was a literature review. You would review all literature in existence about the topic to, before you started your own conclusion on research. Yeah,
0: yeah, very similar, yep. except that there's often criteria that needs to be uh, met right, yeah, in go, order great. to even make it to be right. looked at. I guess... A step down from that would then be when it comes to a study design, the gold standard would be a randomised control trial, ideally where there's a placebo and the both the subjects and the observers or the researchers are blinded to the different arms of the study.
2: And you'll hear on some podcasts they'll roll off people's tongues to justify, yeah, but it's a randomised control, mm. which is basically saying that. There is very, very low likelihood of any of any bias. Yeah, but right? it can
1: be yeah. a randomized controlled trial, but not blinded. There
2: you go. And right. double blinded. Double blinded mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 Is that is
1: that really gold yeah. standard. Yeah.
0: And if you think about nutrition research in particular, to blind someone to the concept of something they're eating is oh, really very hard. hard. Yeah. And that's where it's far easier to study a, for example, a supplement or an isolated nutrient as opposed to a food. Or pharmaceutical
2: for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, Because you know
0: what an apple is, and if you're eating an apple, you know it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And and there's also ethical concerns as well. So, you know, the intervention that the assessors are looking at needs to be ethical and pass through a board of ethics to make sure that that intervention can be safely tested on the subjects. Of
2: course, yeah. And that's where a lot of this research is difficult when it comes to food because you have to, you know, well, how do you know, fasting is 20 hours, why not? 100 hours, yeah. well, mm. it's unethical. It's unethical to <laughs> yeah. starve people yeah, for 100 that's right. hours. That's right, yeah.
0: Another really important aspect is whether the study has been undertaken in a test tube or um, in vitro, as we'd call it, sure. or in vivo. So in an actual... Uh, living being, so whether that's an animal or even better, a human.
1: We talk about that all the time. Yeah, that things can happen mm. in test tubes. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to happen in the human body.
2: So let's pause there because we've thrown a few things at the audience, and I'm, my head's getting full, which means probably the audience is <laughs> <getting full>. So <laughs> we so, just started. Yeah, so, so first, past few. Okay, like, how is this thing designed? Is the first thing and that will set your expectations, yeah. right? So mm. if it is gold standard, you go, oh, here we go. This is great. They've done a- Worth reading. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to really see what's in here. Mm. And what you're looking for is removal of bias, which is the the blind, double- Blinding. blind mm. Was it? Um,
1: Double-blinded.
0: placebo control placebo controls. Controlled,
2: yeah. Yep. And you're also looking for um, how- Many studies it refers to. So, is a single study, or is it a review of many, many studies? Yeah. yeah. And for your field, you would prefer to have a review of many studies because you mm. more concrete stuff to practice in your yeah. yeah.
0: That's right. I guess one one of the, the next things we would look at is the sample size yep. of the study
2: population. Is that what that's called? You yeah, see? the yeah. population yeah. Yep.
0: size. And also, we'd look at the power of the findings. So, oh, okay. really, what that means is that if you have a really small group of people, it's actually really challenging to get what's called power Of your study, which essentially means accuracy. Right. So, do we feel confident that what we've done to this group could be done to the population and achieve the same result?
2: Right. Because I guess, you know, people are all a bit different. So, you might say, yeah. you know, this work with one person, but will it work for many people mm, in that's a similar right. kind of bubble of type of person? Yep. Okay. Uh,
1: and another thing we want to look at, you know, tied in nicely with that topic is demographics. So the age of the subjects, the sex, the health status, and that's going to help you to identify if the paper that you're looking at is transferable to you or your clients, for instance. So if you're looking at a paper that looks at the muscle mass of the elderly and a particular intervention, if you're a personal trainer that really only trains people that are less than 30, that paper's not going to be very relevant mm. and vice to versa. your population. If
2: you're running an aged care facility, mm. you're not going to use training protocols for Exactly. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> yep. a lot of people yep.
1: don't look at those um, particular mm-hmm. parts of the study, the demographics or the population mm. size. They just look at the heading and make their opinion Bingo. based on that. Yeah. Mm.
0: And similarly, if you're looking at, for example, dietary patterns of Japanese populations compared to that of um, – you know, an area of the US, you're going to have very different dietary patterns as well. It's so that's very culture, important to be aware of.
2: The population where they live, you know, the mm. amount of pollution in the air, yeah. all these things can impact what's Absolutely. going on, the work that they do, stress, you know, yeah.
0: yeah, and that's, they would all be elements that could potentially be confounders. Right. And essentially a confounder is a factor that might influence the result other than the experimental design. So the, the thing that's being tested. So, for example, if you're looking at vitamin C levels and immune function, you would want to ensure that the group you're looking at aren't already on supplements or taking, uh, you know, other health-promoting factors that might impact their immune function. Right. You want to know if that's ac- that it's actually the vitamin C specifically.
2: Okay, so we've got a well-designed article. You like tick tick ding ding, great. And then you look deeper, and there's enough. Population in there, enough power in there mm. to, to make a good call. Now you've refined it down to, okay, this is applicable to this type of client that I have, mm. you know, by age, sex, demographic, mm-hmm. um, kind of cultural background, right? What else are you looking for before you start actually using this as something you want? You, yeah. you too are going to talk as a professional about.
1: So, again, another thing that we want to make sure is really strong and profound is going to be the methods that they use. Right. So, the methods should have a really clear Endpoint. Okay. And if it's a little bit fluffy and they don't, it's probably not a great study.
2: What's what's an example so of that? So an that example time? of yeah. that
1: will be, for instance, the effect of the ketogenic diet on weight loss or resistance training on muscle gain. There is a really clear endpoint that they're looking at. There might be secondary endpoints, so they may find from looking at the sample size or looking at the subjects that there are other endpoints and other results that they find. But the initial method we really want to look for. At least
0: one key uh, endpoint,
2: and why is that important? Why is it so important to have a specific hypothesis there?
0: Because otherwise, it's very challenging to structure your design. In that you're not, you don't get confounders. Right. So, if we think about some studies that we've done in the past, where we might have had primary endpoints associated with body weight and nutritional status, some of our secondary outcomes might have been related to hospital admissions or infections infections or the side effects associated with treatment. Right. Okay. And so unless we consider all of these things as a bundle, it's really challenging to get a clear picture of what's actually happening.
2: And what's the fluffy one?
0: What's the fluffy one? Um, I'm trying to think. It could be...
2: Like weight loss due to consumption of radish or something.
1: It yeah. A, uh, well, it depends. Actually, that could be quite oh, well-defined. Right. <laughs> if they only ate radishes, but again... Yeah. There, there's so many factors that come into it. We'd need to look at the sample size, right. the duration
2: of the study. Everything we just said. Yeah, yeah. all of these other things um, <laughs>
1: yeah. that and come if, into play.
2: So, so maybe it's just um, weight loss due to eating vegetables amongst, you know, Melbourne population. Too, too general. There's too many very things going general. on there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very general.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, and too many opportunities for there to be confounders.
2: confounders. All right.
0: And one thing we know can happen, even in a very well structured randomized control trial, mm. is something called social conformity right. whereby individuals involved in the study will want to achieve the outcome that the mm-hmm. the hypothesis is or that the researchers are hoping to achieve. And there's been lots of studies done where uh, they've looked at the concept of social conformity. And, you know, for example, there was a study where they asked, um, they asked the subjects what's two times two and they got 30 people before you drew to answer six. Right. And you get to number 30 and that person says six.
2: Yeah, because i like, Because 30 be other
0: people go two times two is six. So
2: that mm. herd mentality, right? You don't yeah. want to go against and you, the grain. And you
0: second yep. guess yourself. You know, we all do
1: that as humans.
0: Yeah. yeah. And in something so defined as a math sum compared to, you know, a nutrition study where you're thinking about your eating habits for a period of time, that can be very very hard to account for
2: and uh, so i find um it even gets down to how was the question asked because they might say um describe to me how you felt on the ketogenic diet this week right mm. and they or you might say did you feel bad on the ketogenic diet this week mm. like it's, it's a leading question as yeah. opposed to an open question and yep. it's so it's like this very little delicate things around the design of a, of a research article isn't it yeah
0: for sure for sure the other thing that we look at is the actual quality of the results and the st- right. what we call the statistical significance of the right. outcomes. Talk us
2: through that.
0: Stats, here we go. Oh, mm. Stats what is so huge. You yeah. <laughs>
2: oh.
0: In summary, mm. similar to what we we're talking about before, getting the power, so having sufficient numbers to get the get an outcome, we can also look at the likelihood that that outcome occurred due to chance or occurred as a result of the intervention.
2: Right, so it's like flicking a coin a hundred times. And it can
0: happen due to chance. We know that. Mm. That's possible. And so there's uh, criteria when it comes to health-related research but also medical research where there has to be what's called a certain P-value or a statistical significance that gives us confidence that uh, that that intervention was responsible for the change.
2: Okay, now we're going to pause there. Because all I've learned is I should never read another bloody article again. (laughs) because I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. (laughs) Um, I want to talk quickly about one thing, which is a really hot topic that comes up a lot, which Mm. is, oh, that was just paid for by the...
0: Mm.
2: Conflicts of interest. Yeah. So, how do you navigate that? Because you're reading articles all day, right? Mm, So, yeah. yeah.
1: And we've spoken about this on previous episodes. It's actually really important for there to be a funding body of the research. Because if there wasn't someone that was funding the research... It wouldn't happen, but it is important when it does come to funding sources that you're aware of where the money has come from, from that particular study. So for instance, if you are looking at um, the impact that dairy might have on our, on phlegm production and the dairy industry is funding that, it's in their best interest to prove that dairy doesn't increase the production of phlegm and mucus. So that doesn't mean that, there is necessarily a conflict of interest for them but it is important to take that into account when you're looking at the overall study
0: and it makes it even more important for those researchers to s- develop a study design that's really robust and reduces any questioning because we can read it and go actually yeah they've done a really good job here mm. and there seems to be a cause and effect or a you know a strong association
2: And, okay, so... They do have to
0: mention where where their funding has come from. Of course, ethical reasons, right. Exactly.
1: So, it will always be there.
2: Hmm. And I I guess I'm just trying to think, in your experience, how many research efforts are unfunded or self-funded?
0: It's very hard to do. So, look, we did some, you know, Mm -hmm. back in the day, but it's a slog. Yeah. You know, you're doing it within your own time. uh, time and it's really challenging to and do in a good, in a really robust way. At a
2: high-quality point. Absolutely. So, yeah, to, to, do, to do the things you've just described, no. you have to be in a proper research-funded sure. yeah. place. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And a, a conflict can certainly change the way a study is set up and designed and established, but it can also change the language in which it's reported.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and so we kind of read a, a discussion point and a, a conclusion with different lenses on when we know that there's a funding body that perhaps has interests.
2: And what is the immediate, blah, blah, no, definitely not gonna read that study, it's out. Like what, what's the first red mark to throwing something out that comes across your inboxes? Uh,
0: case control, N equals one. Mm.
2: Ah, okay, so With, a tiny exists. population, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I ate celery for a week and now I'm great, that stuff. And yeah. I feel wonderful, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Um, otherwise it's just important to look at it, you know, to look at the study as a, as a whole. I don't mm. think you can necessarily say that there's one specific paper that you should not read or embark on investigating. Mm. It's more about looking as a whole.
0: And sure. with curiosity. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of scientific literature will often finish with a sentence that says, and more research is required in this area. <laughs> yeah, or, which is or larger studies are required to you know consolidate these findings. And that's actually... A nice sentence to read because it allows us to appreciate that the researchers aren't pretending to have the answers, they're contributing to finding an answer.
2: That was the uh, probably the real penny dropping moment for me was that research is like a relay race, right? Like they run forward, they hand the baton Beautiful over, example. yeah. Mm. And they're, they're running as a team, thousands of studies going on, and they're just trying to start where everyone else left off to go forward a step,
1: yeah. Yep. And they're doing the best they can. Mm. They really are. They're trying to make a difference and trying to contribute to medical or nutrition research and interventions to better patient care. So yes, some studies are not of the highest quality, but I think we need to appreciate that the researchers really are trying to do their bit.
2: All right, now we're gonna have some fun. So I found three articles (laughs) that I've shared with the two of you and we're going to, as a a group, we're gonna work out should our audience, what should our audience take away from these articles if they were to read them? Okay. All right. So the first one, headline. Should we click on it? Yeah, click on the first one. Okay. Right. So um, the first okay. one is: Plant-based diet may prevent cognitive decline. I would read. Right. Okay. Now. See me on the armchair expert. Medical news today sounds reputable to me. <laughs> Straight out, I'm like, well, this is going to be great. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, what are we looking for in this? This is a website, it's not, not an approval no, article. No. Nope. It's just on.
0: The reason I today. would read this is actually for one single word in that heading, mm-hmm. and it's the word
2: May. Right. If it said plant-based diet prevents cognitive decline, like, ah, oh, hang on a second. Who then you I'd be you worried? worried. Can I be really worried? <laughs> these jerks. You're off my Google list.
1: <laughs> Unsubscribe.
2: Okay, okay so now as I read through this, they are using this language according to the latest estimates. They're, they're using this softer language because they can't be conclusive. They have nothing's to. Compu- nothing's conclusive. Mm-hmm. So there's your first it's little- It's responsible language. Right, so there's your first real red herring moments. Like, okay, hang on. If they're using definitive language, be nervous. Because yeah. there is nothing to of food science. That's your first thing, right? Correct. And often
1: medical science as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. And another nice thing about this uh, piece is that there are, it's quite clear that their information is being backed up by literature. So mm-hmm. there's lots of, according to, and this study and new research with lots of references back to those actual studies. So you have a bit more confidence that they're, presenting information that's been backed or uh, researched
2: and when i think about what you shared with the audience this i know it's not actually but it is acting as a it's summarizing many studies type information piece Mm. so you can read this and you can go there's like there's one two three four like seven links here Mm. that you as a reader can now jump off into and do further investigation, they're not stating a claim themselves. They're yep, saying, we've looked right. at a few things and yep. there and seems to be some correlation next. here. Yep.
0: And okay. look, certainly they could absolutely have their own agenda and their own uh, oh, message yes. they want to convey. Um, but I think we'd probably see that. Mm. But um, the not language every, is else pretty neutral, which is really important.
2: All right, so that's a good one. Okay, now if you read this one, keep the word may in. Okay, both playing at home. Don't just start walking around and remove that word and make it your own science. You that word mate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. All right, next one. This is my favorite right. one. Ready? How... Red wine prevents cancer. Now. Ooh, oh baby. This one. All right. This is This is <laughs>
0: <laughs> Elise has taken off her science hat and put yeah. on her My Saturday red wine night. hat.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> mine if I do. Okay.
1: What so, I but, love hmm? about um, Science Daily particularly is they uh, they will always link the study at the bottom. So right. the study that they have summarized, they actually provide it's you there. with the link there so you can not just take their word for it but dive into the study and do you yourself. you know
0: what? You and I do that most people most people wouldn't yeah right i I will always do
2: that jump into it make sure
0: i'll
1: look at the heading i will read i'll often have a read have a skim over it but then i'll click on the link to the actual journal article and read it properly
2: because you're looking for those things you've just talked about yeah how are the questions designed all right and in this summary is it n
0: equals
1: five yeah yeah
2: yeah, good but they're
1: not going to talk through all of that in this study
2: right of course not no no because this is i guess allowing
1: not in this study sorry in the article yeah Yeah. the
2: article's intention here is to share something that you can skim and go am i interested or not and if i am interested there is more depth there Mm. that's the point of it right so this is and once again science daily sounds pretty reputable okay so they've got their own reputation to keep when they publish these things um and the word there is how for me Mm. how it yeah, if they put "can" even better, but just <laughs> yeah. rather than red wine prevents cancer, they yep. have put a qualifying word in there.
0: Yeah, mm. and I imagine I haven't looked at the study, but it's probably linked to
2: like resveratrol. And, yeah, but know. the
0: actual scientific pathways, yeah. as opposed to the uh, you know a clinical trial with lots of humans, they might actually look at what does resveratrol do in a test tube mm. that impacts cancer growth
2: right right, as opposed to a population study observed you know double blind placebo that's my
0: suspicion based on how they've worded
1: it how red wine prevents cancer yeah it's It's talking about the dna damage and the way that cells are killed
2: right so it sounds like it's more mathematical you know we put in a test tube and this is this is how it happens yeah more the physiology
0: as opposed to the epidemiology great
2: great Okay, last one. It's my favorite one.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. Yep.
2: Yeah, this is from The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Which, the, in the UK. So, you know, of the newspaper, it's not like, you know, The Sun or anything. It's not like some crazy, you know, <laughs> oh, Huffington Post.
0: Great. On the photo. I <laughs> know.
2: Oh, okay. So, the, the headline reads, low-fat diet could kill you, major study shows. And there is um, oh, someone holding what appears image. to be- The biggest mountain of butter I have ever seen. (laughs) That is a huge mountain of butter.
0: (laughs) And very scientifically, they've got a blue... Lab coat, blue gloves, yeah. like so massaging be, his butt. Right. Yeah. Hey? It's most likely
2: someone in a butter manufacturing plant, right? <laughs> That's just doing their job. I've <laughs> got a photo of it. So, okay. So, where are the alarm bells here? Because the Telegraph, you know, from a layperson's perspective, would not be a sensationalized, crazy, off-the-wall, you know, publication. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of credibility there. Now, when I read the headline, me as the layperson, I'm going, major study shows, okay, all right. And they put could, Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: They soften it a little with but the hood. Kill but kill you.
2: <laughs> kill you <laughs> is so aggressive. And because they're journalists, they know you're going to click on that. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. What that is clickbait all over, right? 101. Right. Mm, how I found it. Okay. So, um, what are we looking for? So, the study of 135,000 adults. Okay. All right. Published
0: in The Lancet, which is a very really reputable like. study.
2: Yeah. Okay. I don't uh, know what that was, but there you go. Reputable journal. Great. Okay. Yep.
0: So, the actual study is – and look, even the first sentence of the article – that low-fat diets could raise the risk of early death by almost a quarter Mm. is far more evidence-based reality Mm. than the aggressive low-fat
2: diet could kill you. But no one's going to click on... No, that's right. That's why they do it. Selling papers. And then when I scroll through this, um, the article itself is actually quite well written. You know, there is a bit of a bit of stats in there. Um, you know, the lots of you know, quotes from the yes, researchers. Research, but it's so. The reason I like this one is I knew to turn the two of you off. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like, oh, I'm God.
1: trying to look for the actual study. <laughs> it doesn't it's look like linked. they've linked it. Which,
2: no, they haven't linked it.
1: Which for me is a slight alarm bell because I want to see of the of paper yeah, on many
0: right. levels because yeah. I feel as though there should be a requirement if you're directly
2: summarising a paper paper, Mm.
0: that you should be referencing that paper Mm.
2: but yeah potentially and I guess you know if this was you know this is the digital version of a newspaper Mm. a newspaper may not publish or have they might just cite the researcher's name and things as well so but I guess it's interesting you know it's me personally I looked at those three studies and they all kind of held a similar weight in my mind of their value but now you can say oh actually you know where's the study how big Mm. was the population how was it carried out these are the questions we don't know
1: know any a a lot of that we don't know through this summary
2: and it might actually be fine but if you don't know you don't know yeah absolutely unless you don't know yeah so um what I'm thinking about in terms of where to go next is how do we take this superpower, right? So, all that listeners are going, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Next time someone sends me some ridiculous study, (laughs) I'm going to start saying, where's the softening language? What is the mindset we should go in? Because my personal mindset is I've just given up. It's like I will never know. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, don't (laughs) don't Don't give
1: up. But it is hard to do, know that. Lauren and I studied for four years to be able to do this at university and then have continued to work on these skills ongoing throughout our entire career. So it's really hard to Mm do. We have journal club
0: every week. (laughs)
1: Right. Putting nerd hats on.
0: Yeah. We send each other studies that we've summarized so that, you know, Elise doesn't have to read the same 20 studies I have and vice versa. We, We share our learning, but we look at all of those aspects. And when I'm giving Elise a summary of a study, it always says, the study size, the study design, the power, the p-values, mm-hmm. and a and the outcome, a, a conclusion. Mm.
2: So, I guess the the mindset to be now is to change your mindset rather than looking for an answer because there's no answers, right? Yeah. You're looking for more information, yeah. and you're looking to know what is the next best question to ask
0: for sure, yep. and also yep. where not to waste your time.
2: There you go. Yep. So there's a few
0: warning signs that we would probably recommend, mm-hmm. and number one would be if the article or the information that you're reading is trying to on the side or overtly trying to sell you something, alarm bells. They're very likely to have cherry-picked information or be utilizing sort of clickbait type messages Mm -hmm. to help sell their product.
2: Right. So straight away if, yeah. it, if it's too sensationalized, it's not gonna be real science. Yeah. And but use it as you know, I, I always kinda think, why was I drawn to that? You know, what's going on in my head that wants an answer to this? Yeah,
0: problem? I wanna know yeah. this answer. I want there yeah. to be a clear answer. And yeah. chances are you've probably got your own bias if right. you're
1: looking at that particular product or advertisement.
2: So then use it as a moment to do your own kind of search. Mm. Rather, if it's coming to you, it's probably trying to sell you something. Yep. If yep. you're going out to it, it, you know, there's more validity there. Mm.
1: And we do always encourage people to go online and have a look for the answers yourself. And also, if you've got a particular ideal or bias, look for the opposite. Uh, look to the opposite mm. outcome for, of what you're looking for right. so that you can get a really balanced view.
2: Yeah.
0: Hard to do when you want the answer. (laughs) It's
2: not human behaviour to do that, yes. We look
0: very much for credentials and references. So, if we can't actually link back to the study or if there's no uh, scientific literature backing up the statements, then that's a big red flag for us too. Mm -hmm. So, if someone's making big, bold claims but not actually linking to any references that support it, we just close close tab. And if they're trying to instil fear in you,
1: so for Mm -hmm. instance...
2: Butter will kill Butter you. Will kill yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's something okay. to be something to be aware of and and to walk away from. Also, if anything promises to cure or prevent yeah. a particular condition, so They're the supplement weak. will cure cancer. cancer. Yeah. yeah, walk away. <laughs>
2: Great. Okay, so I think there's some really good facts there. I think we've given the list something to think about. Um, great show notes we got a little pyramid there about the scientific research we've got a good summary of things to go after <laughs> if you have any studies you want to send us we can have a quick chat about them yeah I'd love talk to them the show. Um, send them through via the website and that's the show thanks everybody
0: great questions Drew
2: and that's all we have time for this week thanks for listening in and we hope you enjoyed the show make sure you drop by and say hi on the Encore Nutrition website Facebook Instagram Twitter just search Encore Nutrition. We absolutely want to hear from you and encourage everyone to join in on the conversation. Now, it's important to say that while Lauren and Elise are very knowledgeable on the world of diet and nutrition, we always encourage you to speak with your medical expert to assure that the advice is right for you. And we'll be back next week to break down all things food, diet, nutrition, and lifestyle from Elise and Lauren and me here just to make sure it all makes sense.